salutations and shit from Bali, bitches. Oh, guys, I am traveling again and it feels incredible. This trip, I definitely tried to put more effort into actually vacationing, actually relaxing and trying to just um, detach. It has been a lot harder than I expected. Um, I have gotten a massage every day that I've been in Bali and I had to consciously tell myself, relax, stop thinking, don't worry, stop, you know, what do you call it? Oh, that's my co-host, my co-host, one of the frogs in the, uh, I'm by the pool. Guys, it's, what time is it here? It is 6.54 p.m. That means it's 6.54 a.m. back in New York. Um, so if you guys haven't picked up, I don't think it's actually too loud. I did a quick test beforehand. Um, these are my co-hosts for this week. I've got, I don't know if they're cicadas or birds. I don't know what the hell that is. I'm thinking a bird, but the frogs are wild loud and they're like literally like right next to me in the pool area there are numerous frogs i believe but um one hopped away but another one seems to have taken its place behind me someplace um them hoses loud and i might even have a um cock crow huh not uh one of those but an actual chicken a rooster a hen not a hen but a rooster um dumb bitches will crow at any time of the day um so I have an outline and I'm going to jump into it right after I remind you that uh, this episode is sponsored by Taji Magazine, uh, Reclaiming Our Narrative. It is a black owned business that supports and focuses black Im- focuses on black imagery. So um, for us, by us, basically. So new digital subscribers are going to receive 20% off by being a listener of Travel and Shit. So um, definitely get a subscription. It gets sent to your inbox um, and it's featuring me. I am their travel contributor, but also there are a host of other really talented black contributors, artists, and um just really great talents that are adding their gifts to uh, the beauty that is Taji. So definitely support travel and shit. Show sponsors that uh, the listeners here do um, participate. And um, I would really appreciate it, um, not only on behalf of myself um, as your host of travel and shit. My name is D. Carey. Um, welcome to your new favorite travel podcast where I discuss more of the what was learned from travel um, as opposed to the how-to. But considering that I am abroad right now, I'm giving you a rundown on how this trip was, which basically includes uh, quite a bit of how-to. Well, not necessarily how-to, but how I did it. This way, um, I can just direct you guys to this episode as opposed to answering Everybody that asks me, what did you do on your trip? How was it? And, you know, um, looking for info. Whoa, this nigga is wild close because that was a very deep fellow from someplace. I don't need him to be. Oh, yep. He hopped by the table. As long as that nigga stay over there. I just don't want somebody to hop on me because I'm... I don't know if I mentioned, I'm outside in the backyard. I waited like hours with the fountains by this pool to shut off so that I can record this. Y'all, I'm tired. A bitch is tired. I've been up since like 2.30 in the morning. All right, so I don't even know what I've said already. So let me just jump to my outline, which I spent the last, I don't even know how long, um, compiling so that I could finally record this episode for you. Um, oh, uh, follow me on the Instagrams so that when I mention my IGTV or my stories or whatever, excuse me, you'll know where to find me. I am underscore D carry. That's the letter D C A R R I E on the gram. So 
holler at me there so that you guys can uh, DM me any of your questions and blah, blah, blah. So to the top, I booked my trip on July 7th and I flew out on the 21st, I want to say. So it was very last minute. I have mentioned numerous times that I use Skyscanner, Skiplag, and uh, Google Flights to basically uh, figure out where I can afford to go once my vacation gets approved. So I chose Bali because um, I guess in a list of places that I can afford, and mind you, Bali was a bit of a financial stretch. Not a bit, it was definitely a financial stretch. But um, my flight ran me 850, give or take. And um, it included a Shanghai, and that was round trip. This trip, I booked round trip one destination as opposed to the multiple one ways that I generally like to do. Because since I was coming this far, I knew that there was no sense in trying to do more than one destination considering it was going to take me a day to get there. So thankfully, something this far is generally going to include a layover. I personally choose long layovers as long as possible so that I can, like I mentioned, do more than one destination in the one trip. So this trip included a layover in Shanghai. So I learned a lot about Shanghai this trip. Um, Peep game. So my silly ass forgot to check the visa requirements until like the Sunday before I left. And thankfully, Shanghai is one of the locations in the world that has what we call a transit visa, where um, it allows you to not get a formal visa, but does like an extended, in Shanghai it lasts 144 hours. It's basically a conditional visa that allows you to leave the airport and spend time in the city and um, I guess bordering regions, if you will, without having to apply for that formal visa. Um, It is definitely still a tourism visa and you have to, I guess, prove that you're leaving Um, You show proof of your flight or whatever. You can definitely get more information on the Internet. Um, And heads up, I'll probably put a link to I flew China Eastern Airways and I went to the airlines website to find out visa information. So um, I will be posting sometime soon additional information and links to the different things that I'm mentioning no longer in the description box, but on my website, dcarry.com, so that if you are interested in doing or seeing or, you know, staying at or booking any of the Airbnbs and excursions and drivers and whatnot, it's just a place, a space for, you know, all that information to be in one spot so that you guys can, um, easily access it. So at some point I'll put the link to all the um, additional information that I mentioned in the podcast there. So that's one of the things, the, um, the no visa travel. I ended up doing a, um, I got the information from China Eastern Airways. So additionally, I used YouTube to get more information. And the young lady that was a great source of information was Dia Jin on YouTube. She's got a bunch of videos. She um, is, um, she she was born in, was she born in China? I feel like she was born in China, lived there for a couple of years of her life. So she's very familiar with a lot of the cultural norms and customs and things, but is also an American citizen. So she is able to, um, explain things in a way that Americans are going to understand. And um, her channel definitely had videos that gave me a lot of information that I didn't know. So um, what I pulled from her videos were, one, no credit cards are accepted. Cash is king. You definitely, um, and I don't mean no credit cards, no credit cards, period, but I mean American credit cards. So um, unless I believe you are a student or have a student visa or you're working there 
or are a citizen, you cannot open a bank account and use, um, they've got this thing called WePay, we Alipay or some shit like that. Chinese have a lot of different apps where they have basically eliminated cash. And as foreigners, we don't have access to that because you can't connect U.S. cards to the app to make payments. So, so I have to say, bring cash um, and you're going to have to do an exchange at an exchange spot because your ATM card or your debit card is not going, your debit card is not going to work at ATMs because um, I know myself as well as many other people like going to ATMs to pull money out as opposed to using those um, exchange counters, um, which is definitely clutch. I think I added it on the... Um, what is this outline someplace but in case i didn't um i've learned that atms are your best friend i think the fees are a little bit less usually the atms will charge a set rate for you to use and then your bank is going to charge you a um, foreign transaction fee so i think it's like three percent of whatever your transaction is and um as opposed to paying like eight percent or ten percent um, for your currency exchange, when you go to one of the exchange windows or businesses or something, you can likely make out better by just using an ATM. So, um, yeah, definitely kind of think it through before you do it. And honestly, if it's just going to be a couple of dollars here or there, it really just might not make a difference to you. It just might come down to whatever is easier for you to do. Um, I know that I like to, it's usually easier to come across an exchange counter and I like to exchange a couple of dollars before I leave the airport. This way I can pay my taxi driver. Um, and I don't have to worry about trying to explain that to them. Additionally, um, I always let my host, well, not always, but 90% of the time I let my host book my, I'm definitely, um, what do you, I'm, I'm going off the, I'm doing conversational. This is why outlines don't always work for me because I start getting into a flow of conversation and I start mentioning shit that I know is on the outline, but I haven't gotten to. So let me take a scroll back. Back to Diagen and her YouTube channel, uh, the no credit cards thing, get cash. There's that. Also, before you go, download a VPN. It is an app that basically lets you, um, I guess hide your IP address or it masks your IP address so that it looks like you're using um, an IP address from a different country. This way, once you get to China, you're able to still access websites like um, Instagram and YouTube and uh, Facebook and all that stuff that is actually banned in China, um, which can be very, oh, because also, uh, what, what is it called? Uh, WhatsApp, I think is one of those um, apps that's banned as well. I know that the young lady that I was booking my excursion with, um, in Shanghai didn't have WhatsApp. So, um, additionally, make sure you contact your mobile phone and your credit card companies, let them know that you're leaving so that all your shit works. I was so glad that I, made sure to uh, let T-Mobile, not T-Mobile, I don't have T-Mobile, um, let AT&T know that I was leaving because I don't even want to think about the roaming charges on what a phone call in China would be. I didn't have YouTube. I had to use my data to call my host to find out where the fuck my driver was going to go. But alas, again, I'm getting ahead of myself. So download a VPN. Um, don't forget to call your credit cards and cell phone providers so that they know that you're leaving the country and you don't end up with wild, crazy fees or getting your cut your card shut off. Um, also, Airbnb and many hostels and smaller like boutique hotels are not allowed to host foreigners for longer than one night. So pay attention when you're booking your accommodations and make sure that they're not going to just take your money, let you get there and then tell you, oh, I'm sorry, you can only stay here one night. Um, governmental regulations, apparently um, they can host Chinese citizens 
um, for longer than a night, but foreigners, they cannot. Um, I believe that it's the larger chains, like a Marriott or a Ritz-Carlton or something like that, of course, that would be able to host anyone for any amount of time. But um, I know that many of the Airbnbs, or at least the one that I looked at, definitely mentioned um, in the description, I don't know where in the description, but house rules or something, and said that, you know, they couldn't host foreigners for longer than a night. Thankfully, I was only there for the 12-hour layover. I just, and I arrived in at like 5 a.m. or something like that. So there's nothing that I was going to do at five o'clock in the morning in China. And after a 14, 15-hour flight, there's no way I was um, sitting in anybody's airport until it was time for my excursion. So I wanted some place that I could leave my suitcase, wash my ass, and so I booked an Airbnb. I think it cost me like $23, and uh, my host was incredible. She didn't speak any fucking English. So don't forget to update your Google Translate, download the languages of spoken in the countries that you're going to be visiting before you get there so that you can easily access them. I didn't do that. Um, thankfully she had a translator app and she'd given me, you know, the Wi-Fi password. And so I didn't have too much trouble using my own Google translate to translate for, you know, anybody that I encountered, um, which wasn't that many people. It was really just my host, uh, the taxi driver who, who, excuse me, uh, I'm so tired. I'm gonna get to why soon. <laughs> But my host actually booked my taxi for me. Um, So that was super clutch because keep in mind, when you are, say you're leaving the airport and you hop in one of those taxis, you don't know what a fair price to your destination should be. So you're not going to know whether or not you're getting ripped off unless, of course, you scour the Internet for what someone else paid to get to the general location that you're going. You can read, like, say, the comments from the Airbnb and maybe somebody will post how much the taxi was. I try to post that kind of information when I do my reviews for my Airbnbs. This way, you know, it makes it easier for somebody else to make that decision. But... What you're not ever really going to know is whether or not that how or why the person got the pricing that they got. Keep in mind that um, there is possibly a pretty price, that there is a um, you look like me price, that there is a um, you speak my language price. You know what I mean? So just because one person pays um, something to get to a certain destination doesn't mean that you're going to pay that, especially in countries that don't necessarily run meters, but like will tell you what the price is going to be before or after you make the trip. So I like to have my host make the um, reser- the uh, booking for the car for me. This way it's there when I get there and, um, you know, I don't have any issues. However, this time I did have some issues. I had a hard time finding the driver, and that's when having Google Translate work a little bit more seamlessly since I didn't have internet. Oh, definitely download the VPN app before you leave. Now that I'm done and over with, I got to cancel it because I think it's like $13 a month. I was hoping that there was like a free 30-day trial that I did not find. I will... um, post the link that Dia used and it's actually an affiliate link. So if you're going to use it, definitely um, use that link because it was clutch. She's going to get some coin from it. I don't know her. She don't know who the hell I am, but why not help another creative, right? All right. So the host booked the taxis. We had all our conversations on Google Translate. She was so kind and sweet though, even though we had no real way of communicating other than, um, you know, cell phones. Now, the person that was booking the room before me, unfortunately, was still there when I got there. So I had to sit on her couch for like 45 minutes until they left. But, you know, she gave me some water. She sat out there to keep me company or to make sure I didn't take anything. Don't know one way or the other. But, um, you know, pleasant enough. Um, Went in there, she cleaned the room a little bit. Uh, Changed the sheets, though, I know that. 
Um, and so dropped my shit off, took a little nap, and then she arranged for a taxi to come pick me up so that I can go to the city center and do the excursion that I booked. Now, I booked an excursion on Airbnb with a young lady named Miko, and um, she was incredible. But let me mention that my host, um, I want to say Eileen, Aileen, but I don't know how to pronounce it because it's spelled differently. But she was so clutch because homegirl, without me asking, kind of got the fact that I was working against time here because I only had a 12-hour layover. So she had it so that the driver that dropped me off in the city center would also pick me up, bring me back to her house, pick up my suitcase, and then drive me to the airport. Um, I will say that the everything in Shanghai that I spent money on was taxis. They were all fair prices. Nothing was like outlandish once I did the conversions back to um, American dollars. However, when you have a limited amount of currency on hand, everything seems expensive. So I think I exchanged $100. I definitely don't think I exchanged more than maybe like $150. I could be wrong, but I definitely couldn't exchange. I didn't exchange more than $150 because I was there for 12 hours. So it didn't make sense for me to exchange even, you know, I think it was just $100 that I exchanged. Um, so I definitely didn't want to, you know, have to find an exchange place and exchange more cash. So everything that I spent was just like, fuck, another taxi. Fuck, this. the meter is still going. The meter is still going. So, um, yeah, the first trip, trip, the driver didn't have a meter. It was a set price. But when I was going to the city to and from back, there was a, there was um, a meter running. So, um, like I think I mentioned before, he ended up getting lost. I had to make a phone call to the host so that she could talk to him. Meter kept going, so that was frustrating. Um, overall, the experience with Mika was great. She and the other gentleman that was there, I don't remember his name. He was from Singapore. Um, so it was really cool hanging out with them for the day. It was just three of us. Um, and we walked around the city, Miko and he were a great conversation. Miko was very prepared and knowledgeable and she was very kind and considerate. Um, we ended up going to a, um, like a local restaurant. I ended up getting dumplings. They got noodles. Um, and then we went for bubble tea, which was really exciting for me. I think I've had bubble tea like once before in my life. So it was pretty cool to have bubble tea in China. Um, let's see. I definitely suggest knowing your travel personality type. Um, I find from my experience that it is best for me to actually book a tour of some sort or an excursion when I get to a destination because... There are things that you can do like on your own, but unless they are museums or places that you are remotely familiar with the history of, showing up by yourself and just like seeing them doesn't have the same effect as booking it with someone that can explain it to you, give you the history and give you, you know, a local's insight. What I also enjoy is actually spe speaking and, um, you know, engaging in some fellowship with local people from the area. It just makes the experience much more enjoyable for me. I know as a solo traveler, I definitely enjoy, um, you know, the company when it's good company, when it's good conversation, but more so from locals because you get a feel for the place. You get to, you feel like you're actually experiencing a country and not like just, you know, um, uh, walking, window shopping, if you will, you know? Whereas you're going inside, someone's telling you about the designer, someone's telling you about the fabrics that are being used and telling you about the significance of the design of the outfit. You know what I mean? That's kind of a analogy for how I see booking a tour versus just showing up and looking at things yourself. And that was solidified for me after my trip to Rome. Um, only thing that I knew about the shit that I went to go see was stuff that I probably been taught in high school since forgotten because it didn't mean anything to me um so let's see um yeah it's pretty much shanghai in a nutshell had a good time china was actually not on my list of places to go 
because I work um, near Chinatown. So, yeah, can't say I was excited to go. But <clears throat> if I'm going to go, this if there's some place that you don't really want to go, but you kind of want to say, damn, it would be cool to just say that you've been there or to get maybe a taste of it to see if it's the same as what you experience from that, I guess, demographic, if you will, in your um, home country, I would say see if you can do the destination on a layover. And so that was the beauty for me in doing China on a layover was that I didn't have to commit to a full trip. I was able to get there, see it, experience it for myself without it being the uh, primary reason for me being there. Um, I personally would have preferred to see Beijing because the Great Wall of China, Tiananmen Square, there's much more history that I'm familiar with that I would have liked to experience. So the only reason why, only other way I would go back to China, hopefully on another layover, is to see uh, Beijing for now. That's all that I am, you know, um, currently aware of in my Rolodex of China that I want to see. So let's see, moving on, Bali. Check out my house tour on IG. The spot is bomb. Um, I don't remember what I paid, but it's not expensive because I paid for it. So there's that. I don't like uh, expensive bookings. I did absolutely nothing on my first day here. Monday, I lounged around the house. I had a um, woman come give me a massage in the villa. It ran me $29 for two hours, okay? So, yeah, be about the life. I ended up leaving to go get something to... Was it the first day? It had to be the first day. Was it the first day? I don't remember. It's all kind of... Hmm... Yeah, actually, it may have been the first day, but why do I feel like my host was trying to come clean the house while I went to get something to eat? Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's why. Because I got in wild early on Monday, and he bought me breakfast at, like, 9 a.m., and then I ended up doing the massage at like 10 30 then I lounged around for a while and I think he was going to come clean up by in terms of like getting the breakfast okay yeah now it's starting to make a little bit more sense <coughs> because Monday was actually the only day that I was here for breakfast because breakfast came included in my uh, booking price heads up if you are planning on doing something early every day even though it seems real cost effective to get some place that has breakfast included if you're not going to be able to take advantage of the breakfast it may not make sense for you to even bother with making sure breakfast is included just a little footnote on that so I ended up walking to this cafe that is speaking of walking y'all Getting to the villa is like a five-minute walk from the main road on like a treacherous fucking path. It's like partially paved and the paving is broken in certain areas, steep stairs, and it's only like three feet wide and then it drops off into fucking rice terrace. Like a working rice field is right behind the house. Um... So I finally got good video where I was able to get it during the day because I've done most of the walking early in the morning before the sun rises. So you haven't really been able to see the bullshit I'm talking about. I'll post it at some point. Um, so I walked to this cafe, Yellow Flower Cafe, real hipstery. She kind of, you'd find it in gentrified uh, bed or some shit like that. Um, cute. You know, they had some jewelry for sale that I definitely shouldn't have paid for because it was probably really overpriced. But hopefully the money does go back to supporting the community and um, other initiatives that are worth supporting, as I'm pretty sure I've read on the display. Um, so, you know, I like to hope that the 
I think, and by too much, it was like $25 for a pair of silver hoops that I could have, you know, they're really cute, and I got them in Bali, so, yeah, there's that, um, what else did I do, so I ate at the market, food was good, it was almost like a vegetarian meal, but, like, I ended up getting chicken in mine, but it was mad vegetables and all that kind of shit, it was pretty good, um, had this really great ginger and lemon drink, that shit was delicious, and there's, like, some special something flour, which is, like, a flavored water. Good shit. Um, after I ate there, I wanted to go pick up, like, a bottle of wine or something because I was just going to hang out around the house, and it was only, like, 6 o'clock. So I took the trek, even though I was, like, super scared to leave the ground, y'all. You have no idea. And so just want to take a moment to say... Step outside your comfort zone. On the other side of fear lies so many incredible things. I When I came to the villa, I came, like I said, I came in at like midnight or something, one o'clock in the morning. So walking behind the guide, it was just like, oh my God, how am I going to figure out how to get out of here? And mind you, I started, like I left my villa late. So the sun goes down at like six o'clock during this time. I don't know if that changes at all during the year, but while I'm out here by like six, seven o'clock it's pretty much dark so um yeah the sun was going down and I was going to have to navigate really really confusing territory um in the dark which I was not looking forward to um I did end up getting lost on the way back and on the way there but um once I figured it out it became it's really not a big deal it's just walking past all of the greenery because I am terrified of spiders. So in my mind, I'm just like, they're all waiting to get me. So walking that close to the greenery is uncomfortable for me. But then like two inches to the right is like the rice field, which is mosquito central and just mud and shit. So I lose, lose. You do what you gotta do. But I figured out the path and I ended up going to the ATM getting some more cash for the day and um yeah so um yeah that's where I had my taxi notes exchange 100 so I have money for the taxi blah 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 and um yeah I gotta make sure oh which reminds me I still gotta pay my host for the taxi I'll leave the money in the house or I could just pay I gotta hit him up about that that was me rambling um I guess this is a good time for a commercial break. Um, don't forget, subscribe to Taji Magazine. Subscribers, um, not subscribers, uh, listeners of Travel and Shit are getting a 20% discount. Discount. So go to tajimag.com, go to the drop down and subscribe to the magazine and use code TRAVEL the letter N and then S-H-I-T for your 20% off of new digital subscriptions. So on to day two and I had, oh, I had the driver from the airport because we started talking on the drive from the airport, um, basically be my driver. Now, this is where you want to be, I guess, weary or at least aware of what decisions you're making for yourself he was a cool dude and he's a great driver punctual decent conversation doesn't over talk it uh pleasant but he's no tour guide so I ended up wanting to do like a couple of different spots in Bali you know the typical stuff um I wanted to like comprise my own tour, but all the options that let you do that on Airbnb charge an up fee for being a solo traveler. Is it fair? Yes, because you know, you gotta do the same amount of work for one person that you gotta do for three people, but of course you're gonna get more money with three people. So, excuse me, I at least like that Airbnb will let you book for one person, charge me more. Most of the time, I'm more than willing to pay whatever the extra fee is. Some places, uh, well, some apps like Expedia, um, did I have that experience on Viator? I think it was mostly Expedia sometimes won't let you book for one traveler. 
So I'd rather you just charge me more or just let me decide whether I want to pay the only one traveler price. So just a heads up, um, keep those things in mind when you're trying to book excursions on the apps. But the driver was cool. So I was asking him on the way to the villa the first night, does he do tours? And of course he says yes. And we arranged that he's going to pick me up. I think it was like 5, 30, 6 o'clock in the morning. No, 6 o'clock in the morning so that we could head out to the things that I wanted to see because none of the, um, I wasn't able to book anything on Airbnb um, as cost effectively as I would have liked. He only charged me, I want to say, 45 to $48. It was less than 50, more than, less than 50, more than 40. Um, and it included the places that I wanted to see out of what I saw on Airbnb were like, you know, popular tourist destinations in the general area. I chose to go see the Gate of Heaven. And um, that is that campy Instagram photo spot that you'll see. I'll post the pictures eventually on Instagram um, and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's called um, Pura. I'm here. I'm trying to pronounce it appropriately. Lempuyang. Pura Lempuyang Temple. Now, let me preface this by saying it is currently, let me find it, the name of it. Very important holiday time here in Bali. And it is Galungan. Galungan. I know that it involves wind good and bad and I can't remember the god or goddess that it celebrates but it's been really nice to be able to see how everybody's preparing for the holiday and they start preparing super early yesterday morning like when we left at 6 a.m like the traffic was crazy everybody was out and you know purchasing what they needed for um, the day today, Wednesday, um, and it was nice to see like the decorations made out of I think it's bamboo leaves, but it looks like they were all made from like Palm Sunday, you know, palms. But it's like these ornate, huge decorations made from them. So it was beautiful to see. So um, I ended up putting together my own tour and he basically drove me everywhere and then kind of I guess spoke to the locals at each destination to if I needed to pay any entrance fees um and get any assistance so I'll give him that um but he didn't really have any like extra information on too many of the places for me that was more so reliant on me asking um you know, people at the destinations. Now, um, a couple of the different options on Airbnb also had you paying your own entrance fees. So overall, I think I really still lucked out by just paying this on my own. Um, but at um, Lempuyang, which is a temple, oh, I ended up copy. Uh, listen, I did a wee bit of research for you. It's a, uh, it's a temple. The temple is the highest temple in Bali. Here you'll see the famous Gate of Heaven overlooked to Agun Volcano, the biggest volcano in Bali. So that's the one with like the two stone pillars, the two stone walls, and you've got like the clouds and the mountain in the background and people do like yoga poses and all of that kind of shit. So I didn't need one of those photos. I mean, everybody on Instagram has one of the photos. I didn't need one for myself. I just wanted to experience the temple because I know the temple is very important out here. And um, I wanted to just be in the area. It's much smaller than it looks in the pictures. And um, the temple right across from it is also very beautiful. 
And I walked to the top and I actually did want to go in and pray. Um, but the young lady stopped me and was telling me that, you know, you have to give an offering and that you needed to buy the items to offer, like incense, flour. There's like a tray that it's put in. And she was saying, you know, uh, roughly maybe like 20,000 rupee or whatever for it. And I'm like, uh, I don't pay to pray, sorry. And she's like, no, it's you're not paying to pray. It's you're paying for the items for the offering. And I had to take a step back because I wasn't really listening to what she was saying initially. I thought that she was just trying to scam me. But I appreciated her actually explaining what, like clarifying what she meant. Um... And that made the difference where just because you don't do something in how you practice your faith, don't ever um, forget not to be disrespectful to someone else in how they practice their faith when they're asking you to meet certain requirements. You're coming to their home, you're in their place of worship, so the least you can do if you're going to um, take space in their holy places is to honor the, you know, little things or honor the important things that they're asking you to observe while you're in their spaces. So that was definitely a, um, that was a check for me. I was going to just, I was looking at it like you go visit like, you know, Catholic temples all over the world, not temples, but Catholic churches all over the world. You can be of any religion. You just walk in, you pray, but that's not the case here. And especially, especially it being um, a very, um, you know, important holy time for them, just was a reminder to me to um, be more mindful in terms of what um, locals are asking of you when you're in their spaces. Um, so I did very much so enjoy my space, my time there. Um, yeah, got some good pictures and listen, if you're taking a picture of somebody and you see like their outfit is fucked up or like their bra is showing or like their underwear hanging out or something, fucking tell them if you notice. I had like one girl take the perfect photo of me and my bra is hanging out. Like my, I had a crop top on and, uh, the way my bag was situated on top of me, it just like pulled my shirt up. So my bra is hanging out under the shirt and it totally fucked up a perfect picture. So yeah, when I finally adjusted myself, had somebody else take the picture, definitely didn't come out the way sis took it. She had the angles, she had the portrait, she was, she was on it. You know what I mean? So consider that. Um, so after, um, the Ponyang temple, I went to Turtaganga. Now, Turtaganga is the former royal palace of ooh, Turta. Yeah, I guess uh, Turtaganga. Yeah, it's just written as one word here. I don't know why that threw me off. Former former royal palace of um, a prior king during a certain dynasty. And it was basically like his summer home or the place that he would stay when he was in that region or something. And um, it actually means water of the Ganges, which is in Hinduism, a very holy river. And it features tiered fountains, gardens and stone sculptures of mythical creatures spouting water into bathing pools. And I loved it. It was absolutely beautiful. And as I was walking in, an older gentleman stopped and um, politely offered his services as a tour guide. And he basically made my point where, you know, having somebody tell you about what it is you're actually seeing and explaining to you about what's going on is much more enjoyable than just walking in and looking at nice things. So he gave me one price. I said, nah, fam, I'm good on that. And he said, you know what? What do you want to pay me? He asked me not to tell anybody, so I won't say the exact numbers. But when someone is offering you services on the fly, negotiate that shit. Because um, it's either going to be a yes or a no. I was going to go in here by my damn self and just look around. But alas, I ended up um, finding a guide that I didn't know I needed. I didn't need him at all, but he made it 
much more enjoyable time. He was super cool, really funny older guy. And um, he really helped me enjoy the experience more, took pictures for me, hello, hello. It was worth the money that I spent, you know, for his company, his information, and definitely him taking pictures. So um, I really enjoyed Tertaganga. Um, then my driver took me to Bali Jungle Swim. For about 40 or $50, you get to you, you get unlimited use of like the 12 different swings and um, nests and beds and photo op spots. And that, um, I think it's like, excuse me y'all, it's like $35, I want to say, for entry and access and then being able to um, use all of the different swings and nests and shit. And then it's like another $12 for one of their photographers to take photos of you in unlimited photos on whatever you get on. So for me, relatively decent price. I mean, that was probably just all for Instagram, if you will. However... It's easy to say that until you get to ride on the swings. They're actually fucking fun. Was it worth $50 just to swing on the swings? No. But overall, I don't feel like I was like overcharged ridiculously. I just feel like for me personally, I could have done without it because all it is is great pictures. You know what I mean? But I know that 20 years from now, I'm also going to look back and be like, oh, yeah, when people think of Bali, this is what they think of. And I got to go see it, too. So, yeah, good times. The swing was cool. Um, be prepared for lines. I definitely forgot to mention that at um, Lampunyang, Lampunyang, I'm trying, y'all. But at that location, there's like a two-hour line to take that picture. Fuck that. I wasn't with the shit. I think I waited like an hour to take uh a ride on like the bigger swing. I only waited that long on the one ride. And by that part of my day, I was hit y'all. I woke up, like I said, at like five o'clock for a six o'clock pickup and it was a long drive. Um, you actually have, a. it's like the walk to that temple is pretty steep. I walked around Turtaganga and it gotten pretty warm. The sun was out. So yeah, by the time I got to um, and then I went and ate at this restaurant. Wasn't that great. I know they gave me like a store-bought fish filet. The shit was trash. Um, service was great. Um, and there was, uh, you know, drinks were good. Um, you know, the, uh, the rest of the food was pretty good. I was just really disappointed in the fish. It was right by the fucking beach. And y'all gonna give me some store-bought fish patty. It was kind of dry. Like it, I was just pissed about the whole shit, but still that to say after dinner and then we went to the swing, I just really wasn't feeling good and not because I got on the swing after dinner. It just, I was tired and it just, I, I was over it, over it, over it. And, um, yeah, so I ended up cutting the rest of the day short. I asked my driver to just take me home after that. I was supposed to go to the Sacred Monkey Forest. Didn't do that. And I was supposed to go to... Excuse me. Ubud Traditional Market. But like I said, I was tired. So when he dropped me off, I ended up getting dropped off um, on that main street. Because like I said, my villa is like a five-minute walk from the street. in like a... It's like a complex, if you will. You walk up some stairs, and then it's just like a bunch of different houses. It's like a rice community, I guess, if you will. It's a, it's a lot going on, y'all. And there's mad white people out here, so I know that there's a ton of uh, Airbnbs in here. But there are also um, locals walking around the grounds as well. So there are locals mixed in here as well. Um, so day three, why I am so fucking tired. I had a 2.30 a.m. pickup this morning and I did a sunrise hike of Mount Bator. Y'all, this shit ain't easy, okay? A bitch is fucking hit. 
oh my gosh, like, my body was in so much pain, like, I am, I have, what I learned on this hike about myself is that I have much more body control than I do stamina. So going up took a lot out of me. I just had to slow down, continue to go at my own pace. I had uh, three other, um, I want to say kids, but they're not kids, but they're like 25 roundabout. I know one of them is 25. The other two I didn't ask their age, but one girl is just starting med school and the other guy is her boyfriend, so he's probably not that much older than she is, nor is he probably that much older than his, their other friend that they were with. But, um, yeah, we and the guy, I had, what was his name? I wrote it down. Jetro. He was incredible. I'm definitely going to link to the tours and everything that I did in, um, well, on my website, dcarry.com. So if you take this tour, which I highly suggest, request Jetro. Um, this is one of those things where if you like a good hike, this is for you. Um, I'm out of shape. I just look in shape. But I'm also very stubborn and strong-willed. So if I want to complete something, I'm going to complete it. So I did the two-hour hike to the top of Mount Pintour, which is like uh, 1,717 meters above sea level or some shit like that. I want to say it's like a mile and a half or something. But um, yeah, it is an active volcano located northwest of Mount Agoon on the island of Bali. Well, on the island of Indonesia. Um, now, I had mentioned before that Mount Agoon is an active volcano. And did I mention it before? I don't think I mentioned it. But you can see um, Mount uh, Agoon behind the gates of heaven. Like um, when you go visit um, Lupanyang, Lupanyang. Lepunyang. Mm. Yeah, sorry. So, um, but yeah, they're both active volcanoes. So that's pretty cool. But, um, oh, so I did pace. Sorry. Um, so I had a 2.30 pickup and you hike in the dark. You get flashlights. You can opt for a walking stick and... It starts out pretty cold, so they, you know, definitely tell you to bring a warm coat or a warm jacket and, you know, layerable clothes and shit like that, but you don't realize how cold it is until it really hits. Um, we hiked in the dark to Midway Point, and then we hiked up the rest of the way. God bless the people on the tour for being patient with me um, during, you know, most of the trip and not leaving me behind. Shout out to my tour guide. Um, once we finished the hike, we got to the top and we had breakfast. Y'all, banana sandwiches are so fucking good. I don't know if it's because of the bananas they use out here or if it's just banana in general, but my nigga, I love a good banana sandwich right now. And, uh, excuse me, so sorry, y'all. Sadly, the sunrise was less than climatic because I was literally in a cloud. Like the clouds were coming across the mountain. And so it did block some of the visibility. Um, and even, you know, closer to the sun, further out, tons of clouds. So, you know, every once in a while you get a nice clear peak so you can see the sunrise um, against um, Mount Agoon. But it was still a great experience for me, just like intrinsically, because I just, you know, bruh, watching the sunrise on the first day of Leo season, because it's the 22nd out here. Woof, clutch. I feel like the 21st might be actually the beginning, but if that's the case, then when I watched it, it was the 21st back home in New York. But um, I appreciated the hike for what it was just the reminder of my physical capacity and capability of being able to do 
such a difficult hike. And when I say difficult, it was difficult for me. I'd say overall, it'd probably be moderate or so, especially if you're in good shape, you'll do it without a, without a problem. Um, the finances to be able to book the trip, just the access to be able to visit, you know, a different country and hike up the mountain. So that was definitely um, a nice way to sit and reflect on that. Um, but the, oh, we had banana sandwiches, Tim Tam bars, which are clutch. I fucking love them. And it's basically like a chocolate bar with like a wafer and um, mad good and boiled eggs. They had like some tangerines or something like that. And um, then we got a cup of tea and it was so, so, so cold up there. So all that was good. And we, um, oh yeah, I learned that down is much so easier for me just because I hate, um, I don't say hate, but the way up, like I said, stamina is not my thing. I get out of, you know, it's hard for me to breathe. I get tired more, not necessarily like my muscles get tired, but like, I'm just tired. It's harder for me to breathe and all that shit. Whereas the way down, I can skedaddle through much faster than I can go up. And, um, yeah, so just a uh, word of caution if you're going to do, like, there was a kid on the trip. And if you do go, if you reach a point where you're like, no, I just can't do this anymore, there are motorbikes that, you know, cost up and down, um, that cost up and down, did they charge? They may not have charged, but, like, if you get to the point where it's like, I can't do this, there's going to be a motorbike pop-up that can help you. Um, let's see, so... The way down was great. It is a hiker's trail. If you enjoy a hike, this is for you. There were tons of beautiful views from the forest and like when the trees and everything opened up to seeing the mountain, well, the mountain, which is the volcano across. Um, it was a legitimate good experience. The people that were on the tour with me weren't bad. They were pretty cool. I ended up going, well, we ended up going to... Um, that's for a natural hot spring afterward, and it was pretty cool. It's like warm pool water. Um, I was speaking to one of the guys, and he's under the impression that they sell, not sell, um, that they cool the pools because they're like naturally hot, like from the lava and being right next to two active volcanoes. But I was told that they add a little bit of um, water to cool it down or so. But um, after, oh, I meant to say that looking back at that mountain that I climbed made me feel like, oh, just incredible. Just, it, 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 it's really hard sometimes to put these things into words because I try to also remember to be present. Like, I don't ever want to get caught up in content, 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 and what are you going to post? I want to enjoy my trip. I want to enjoy my experiences so that I'll always have them with me. So, um, yeah, it was definitely something that I would recommend, especially, especially if you like a good fossil, a fossil, a good uh, hike. There was a kid that did the tour. He had to be about seven or nine, one of those, you know, seven, eight, nine, around that window, and um, made it very much so um, an enjoyable trip. So, what else, guys? Oh, shit. At the top, that bitch was scary as fuck, because it's like you look down and all you see is, like, clouds and, like, just open space, like, it, mad narrow. And there's tons of people walking back and forth one way or the other. And in my mind, I'm like, bitch, I am not falling off this fucking volcano. That's what we're not going to do. So it was definitely um, Herbert, uh, not Herbert, um, what do you call it? Um, not Herbert. What, what, what her I don't know why that came to mind. I guess I'm tired. Um, but that bitch was like scary. And people, it's crowded, so people are trying to move back and forth. And I'm like, y'all niggas might not be scared, but 
bitch like me gonna move a little slow uh slow there's tons of steam and jetra was a really great host took his time so great pictures and definitely helped me and the other young lady up and down when it came time you know definitely knew when it was going to get more complicated um requested that we walk right behind you know like we walk ahead of the other two guys so that he can offer us a hand going up and down where it got tricky um so uh the bad tour natural spring there's a lady walking around asking if you want massages um of course their resort prices so that's a no for me dog i knew i was going to get me a nice and expensive one when i got back um the hike was cool the natural spring was cool um what i did like about it was that the food was decent but um tons of flies tons of flies tons of flies they're just uh, abusive it's ridiculous it's like you can't sit and enjoy yourself because even if when i was laying out just trying to get a tan and the flies just kept landing the flies the flies it kept hitting and it was really frustrating and it was just as frustrating when we were trying to eat trying to swap flies off the entire time um but i did appreciate that in that entire booking price all of my entrance fees fees were included i didn't have to pay for uh towel rentals at the hot spring and it also included a drink ticket that included uh two free uh fruit juices which was really good um after that because of course the day wasn't done we ended up going to lua coffee plantation it's family owned coffee's wild good if there were like 12 it's like a, a crowler if you will of uh different coffees to try and if there were 12 options, I fucked with maybe nine. I ended up buying a couple of my favorites. Um, Balinese coffee. He explained how the things were made. He explained what was in there. They also make teas. I bought mad shit. I loved it. Overall, um, even just driving from the, um, what do you call it? driving from one destination to the other was enjoyable because like I said it's a holiday time and so seeing everybody um, dressed in their holiday attire and all the streets decorated was a beautiful experience um, the people of Bali have been great to me they've been very kind and welcoming I've gotten a massage every day the young ladies there have been more than sweet everyone's been very professional um, no happy endings here. <laughs> but the massages have been fucking outstanding. Like, just great. And I found a place right by the villa. $7 for an hour, bro. $7. I think it's like 7 and change. So let's round up to 8 So $8 for an hour-long massage. Okay? Uh, have at it. So um, that's enough. I am certain that you've gotten a lot of information and um I still have another day I've got another early pickup and I'm pretty sure that these pool fountains are going to pop back on soon and just ruin any audio that I could further do so um Make sure to follow me on the Instagrams, underscore D-Carrie. That's D-C-A-R-R-I-E. Make sure you follow Beats on Film Network. Um, because as you guys know, I'm generally on the Beats on the Beats on Film Network studio when I record. Except for when I'm traveling. And uh, this is definitely a wonderful remote episode with my co-hosts, the frogs, and whatever else is going on in the background. And uh, make sure to holler at Taji Magazine. Don't forget, new digital subscribers are receiving 20% off by using discount code Travel and Shit. T-R-A-V-E-L, the letter N, and then the word S-H-I-T. So, this is your host, D. Carrie, signing off so she can take her ass to bed. All right, guys, I've got one more day in Bali. I still have to get... Um, and it's a beach day. Uh, I'll show you guys on the Instagram. And it's definitely been a hot girl summer. My ass has been out in every swimsuit because apparently these are the only swimsuits you can buy right now. Are thongs. Um, are they my favorite? No. But um, I do have a cute ass. But, you know, it's 
I'd like to post some pictures, but you know, my ass is out. So, ha, don't really look forward to those. Don't know if I'm going to post any of that, but that's it. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in again. I appreciate y'all that have been fucking with the kid from the beginning, from the middle, from today. Thank you to the old listeners. Thank you to the new listeners. I appreciate you all. And I hope that you continue to enjoy the content. And um, if you have any questions, definitely shoot me a a DM. You can shoot me an email at Travel and Shit Podcast, T-R-A-V-E-L, letter N, S-H-I-T, podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit dcarry.com. And this way you can get uh, links to all of the different, um, excursions, Airbnbs and shit that I've been mentioning throughout the episode. Okay, guys, that's it. Have a great day. Um, all right, bye.